Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Back at 419 and focused on veterans once a month, bringing you a conversation with an area veteran or veteran organization or individuals in the community who support our vets to talk more about what's being done right here in Northeast Wisconsin. Today, we are welcoming back Jeremy Hansen, a man of many hats, a veteran education benefit specialist with Box Valley Technical College, but also a volunteer firefighter with Grand Chute and a veteran himself. And he joins us on the Settlers Bank phone lines today. Hi there, Jeremy. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you, Haley. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, some light rain out my window, some cooler temperatures. Can't complain too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely like that. I know that uh, my garden is also uh, welcoming the rain as well. Yes, we have a very happy garden in our backyard. Uh, it's beautiful out there. Jeremy, it's great to hear from you. And you have a, a lot of really great insight today about uh, education and, and veteran benefits, too. We're going to get to that in a bit. But first, I'm hoping you can remind us of your service and a little bit about your, your military background. Yes. Um, so I served in the Wisconsin Army National Guard, uh, the 1st and 147th out of Madison. Uh, deployed with them in 2010 and 2011. So, um, you know, after I uh, returned from my deployment, I started at Fox Valley Technical College in the fire protection uh, area, and I was working as a, uh, a veteran's work study in the veteran's office, and opportunity arise uh, to um, continue serving, you know, the veterans uh, by working with the veterans education benefits. And um, now I feel like I kind of get the both, best of both worlds. I, I get to work with veterans every day, uh, along with uh, I get to work with uh, Grand Chute Fire Department as well. Fantastic. Jeremy, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, why you feel it's important to to be able to be able to connect veterans to those benefits? Uh, as a you know a veteran yourself, can it be kind of a confusing world to maneuver uh, understanding those benefits? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, there's we have federal and state benefits, and they they continue to change. Uh, you know, for the better. However, uh, you know going through the uh, legislation and, and rules of the benefits, uh, the, the called eliminating dates or end dates, um, sometimes can definitely be confusing. And there isn't necessarily a lot of direction sometimes on, you know, who to contact with that. So uh, we always like to get the word out is to, you know, contact uh, your school, you know, pretty much every school every state school and, and private school in Wisconsin, uh, you know, does work with the veteran education benefits, uh, along with the county veteran service office. You know, they are also knowledgeable about uh, veteran education benefits, again, for federal and state. So, you know, the best thing that I would suggest is, is if you have questions or you, a lot of times we, we talk with veterans that don't 
think that they qualify for benefits, and lo and behold, they do. So, um, you know, really of, of any, uh, any age, any era uh, veteran is, is, you know, I would encourage them if they're thinking at all about, you know, going back to school or going to school to, you know, at least contact a school, you know, Fox Valley Technical College, where we're very fortunate to have uh, two of us that work with education benefits. So, uh, you know, we, we definitely um, talk with a lot of people and, and uh, you know, try to give out as much information as possible. Jeremy, is it one of those things where people often find themselves surprised that they may qualify for as many benefits in education as they do? Um, yes, yeah, you know, the one one piece that we find or one kind of the aha, aha moments that we have sometimes when we have like open houses and um, is dependence of veterans. Uh, a lot of, especially in Wisconsin, we're very fortunate to have uh, a state uh, veteran education benefit that sometimes does pass on to um, their dependents, so uh, spouse or children. So, um, you know, we we definitely have uh, times where it just again by by happenstance, you know, just having a conversation, and, and it turns out that uh, you know somebody's you know, a, a child of a veteran is, is, you know, fortunate enough to, to be able to get almost all of their schooling funded, you know, through the state benefit. One question that I get sometimes, Jeremy, when I have a focus on veterans segment is, is this only for uh, the younger guys or, or what about if, if a vets has served in, in Vietnam or Korea or something like that? Is that still something that they can inquire about, you know, an, an education and, and, and getting those benefits too? Absolutely. Um, you know, in the past, uh, federal federal VA benefits, they did have an end date to them. And, and it wasn't very long. It, it was about 10 years, um, you know, in the past. And so a lot of, you, you know, the, the older generation or, or Vietnam era generation, um, you know, thought that, you know, they didn't have any benefits. But we're lucky enough to have, it's called the Wisconsin GI Bill, where it does not have an end date. So, um, really, any veteran of any era, you know, could be eligible for state and sometimes even federal benefits. That's great to hear, Jeremy. And again, I get, I get that question a lot, you know, uh, who, who, who qualifies? And it, and it turns out pretty much any veteran uh, qualifies, which is great to hear. We're talking with Jeremy Hansen today. It's our focus on veterans. So, so Jeremy, in, in your, in your uh, you know, work with Fox Valley Tech, do you notice that a lot of veterans, or maybe their kids too, are pursuing uh, secondary education? And, and if they're not, why should they be? We do. We, we, you know, we do have um, a lot of veterans in our, you know, in our school. Um, last, I guess, last I checked is we, we have the second highest number of veterans in, in the technical college, um, you know, schools. And, um, you know, from really a lot of veterans are pursuing from all different areas, you know, a lot of in the public safety, you know, which, which we're very fortunate to, to have our public uh, safety center uh, for fire protection um, the police academy, um, the EMS, uh, a lot of IT uh, programs that we have. So a lot of veterans like to go into IT, and we have a, a, a variety of different, you know, programs there. Um, you know, anywhere from, you know, a wonderful culinary program. So just 
just a wide range of, uh, of different areas. You know, the one, one big thing, too, that we see a lot of, uh, which is great, a lot of people are going into more of like the welding and the machining area. And, you know, especially if you're looking to make a career change, you know, those areas are, are just screaming for people, you know, to, you know, to get into those areas. And, um, you know, we, we would welcome anybody, you know, to, to just give us a call and, and if you have any questions, you know, we have uh, our admission specialists are very knowledgeable uh, about all the different programs and can, can really just kind of map it out for each student and, and, you know, really give some good outcomes on, you know, what they will accomplish, you know, once they get out. Jeremy, our world has obviously looked a little bit different the past four or five months uh, in light of the coronavirus pandemic. And we've been talking uh, actually once a week with Box Valley Tech about how classes and, and things are going to maybe start looking like for fall enrollment uh, despite COVID-19. So from from your perspective, you know, how are things looking at Fox Valley Tech uh, for fall enrollment uh, with COVID-19 and whatnot? And are, are benefits at all? Uh, impacted by the coronavirus pandemic? Haley, I'm glad you asked that um, because I, I can tell you that I, I have been probably busier than I've ever been <laughs> working mm -hmm. with veterans. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, constantly, um, you know, new students, you know, starting, uh, new veteran students, you know, starting as well. Um, so I, 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 you know, we, we really, it doesn't seem that we, we skipped a beat, you know, uh, most of our uh, student services are working remotely, and uh, quite honestly, I think it's helped to even even give better service. You know, to be able to accommodate you know different times and things like that. Um, classes, uh, you know, we're we're working from you know online classes to um, uh, you know a uh, uh, hybrid classes where you know you would you would do majority online, but then you would come into the uh, the college uh, a few times during the semester, um, and then and then we also have um, the in class anywhere where this is a little bit newer mode of instruction, um, but it, it's definitely uh, you know gaining some popularity where um, you log on at a certain time on a certain day um, and it's virtually, um, but you're still getting that 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 immediate feedback from the instructor and getting that class. Uh, discussion, but you're online. So um, we're definitely working, you know, with that. And then um, where classes have to be, uh, you know, taught, you know, in online or uh, taught in person, um, you know, we're, we're accommodating with, um, you know, a little bit reduced, you know, uh, class sizes and, and definitely putting provisions in place where everybody's being safe, um, but still getting that instruction. So um, I know that we're we're going to be really busy in the fall, um, but we definitely still have, you know, lots of opportunities if people even want to start, you know, this fall. Um, I would definitely encourage anybody to, to give us a call. Bottom line, you're there to help and you're there to help navigate uh, through those 
benefits that veterans can receive, uh, specifically for education. So glad to have someone like you on hand to help our vets, uh, Jeremy, and uh, I think no one better than a, a veteran himself. So thanks for taking a few moments to talk with us today about uh, kind of what your world's looked like the past couple of months and um, looking ahead to the future uh, that you are there to help uh, our vets if they want to pursue uh, an education. So thank you, Jeremy, for being with us today for our focus on veterans. Thank you very much, Haley. Great to hear from you, and uh, I hope that you are well. Thank you. Jeremy Hansen, the Veteran Education Benefit Specialist with Fox Valley Tech, joining us today for our focus on veterans. You can find more information by visiting whby.com and uh, clicking the Focus Fox Valley blog. The time right now, 4.31. We are going to get you a look at Appleton Children's Week in our next half hour. Uh, how is this week, specifically uh, July uh, coming up in July, July 19th through the 25th, how will this look different for families? And how can you get involved while staying safe at home, too. We'll tell you more about Appleton Children's Week Reimagined coming up in our next half hour of Focus Fox Valley. You're listening to WHBY. You're listening to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. Hey, everybody. I'm Haley Ten Pass, 440 the time on this Monday, June 22nd. Well, you know what? One month from today, we will be smack in the middle of Appleton Children's Week, but a bit reimagined in 2020, like so many events have chosen to do this summer. But we're getting the inside scoop on what Children's Week will look like in Appleton in one month. Today, joined by Oliver Zorno the executive director of the Building for Kids, the perfect place uh, to uh, reimagine Children's Week. And he joins us on our Settlers Bank phone lines today. Hi there, Oliver. Thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Haley. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. This is an event that I think a lot of families look forward to each and every summertime. But like so many events have chosen to do uh, a reimagination of the event taking place. And I know you made this announcement last week. So we've got some time to look ahead uh, to July. So so tell us a bit about Children's Week this year, Oliver, and and how things are, are going to look a bit differently. Yeah, Um Haley, yeah, U.S. Venture Children's Week is, is a major part, at least for my family, I know, um, of the summer planning. And so we wanted to get the word out that U.S. Venture Children's Week will be happening this July, 19th through the 25th, um, but it is going to look a little differently. You know, it's been an unprecedented year, and, and there's been challenges for everyone, including families, and we want to make sure that we're, we continue to provide local families with safe and fun activities to do um, in a socially responsible way. And so while we're reimagining all of the events of Children's Week, um, we're still going to be moving forward with those memorable, fun, safe experiences that Children's Week is, is known for. Um, what that means is that a lot of the activities are going to be done by families on their own time, um, experiences that, that can happen when a family um, can do them by themselves. Otherwise, we'll have virtual format activities as well as some, some smaller events that require pre-registration. Um, and so many people know Children's Week for the Children's Parade, um, the sponsored by Theta Care, and the Building for Kids has been doing the Children's Parade now for 11 years. Um, and so that's a piece that we know is going to have to look fundamentally different this year, um, but we will be moving forward um, with that as well. 
so yeah, you know, the, 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 I think the, the, the word is escaping me right now, Oliver, but the, you know, the special spark that is Children's Week, it's still there, but just a little bit different uh, this year. And, and you mentioned families doing stuff at, at home this year. So talk about how, how home can become a celebration of the kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things, you know, the Children's Parade, one of the more visible events that we've been involved in here at the Building for Kids of Children's Week. Um, while the most visible piece is the thousand kids walking down College Avenue, typically, the real magic of that event and the real experience happens in the garage when the family gets together and dreams up what float they're going to build um, and that time spent together creating that display. And so that's why we're doing this year with the Children's Parade. We're calling it the Building for Kids Children's Parade of Yards. Um, presented by Theta Care, and what we're going to do is we're going to encourage families to, to to do that same creative process of choosing a theme and maybe getting together um, with you know friends, neighbors, and choosing a theme um, to all have in their individual yards, um, and then to create yard displays, um, and we'll create a map um, that people will be able to drive around on that Wednesday evening and and view all of the creativity um, and vote. Um, for the for the awards that we typically give out um, at the Children's Parade. I love this so much, Oliver. It reminds me of uh, when houses have incredible, maybe Halloween displays, you know, the spookiest yard. Or, of course, uh, I think you mentioned this, too, in, in your press release, the um, Christmas lights that we all love to go and watch and, and enjoy every holiday season. So kind of cool to get something in the summertime on the calendar for us to go in and window, window shop. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's an opportunity for us to celebrate our community um, while staying safe. And so that's, that's our number one priority. We're talking with Oliver Zorno. He is the executive director with the Building for Kids. And is, we're talking about Appleton Children's Week, which is reimagined in July. Oliver, we mentioned that this is, this is a week all for the kids. And affordability has always been a, a huge highlight of this week as well. Are you kind of continuing with that theme of, of free events for families just in a virtual sense? Yeah, absolutely. So beyond the signature events of Children's Week, there is tons of activity that happens all throughout the week thanks to our partners, um, both our main partners, you know, the Appleton Park and Rec Department, the YMCA in downtown Appleton, um, but also business partners and organizations across the community, and they all offer free or low-cost um, experiences for families, and that will continue this year as well. I know that your team at the Building for Kids have been rock stars uh, these past couple of months. We've tuned in to several. My family has tuned in to several of your, your online videos and, and uh, fun activities to do. Uh, is that the kind of sense we're going to be getting, maybe just some inspiration for activities at home? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so the Building for Kids will continue with, with our programming, and we're going to really ramp it up this year for, for Children's Week. Um, but that, you know, a number of partners will come together um, and create even more sort of in-depth and, and curated experiences for families. Um, to participate in both virtually, um, like many of the, the formats have been so far, but also um, getting, out, getting out and about in the community as a family and making sure that we're doing so in a safe way. And in talking with families, Oliver, did this make uh, the decision to reimagine Children's Week a little easier? Had you talked to families about uh, their comfort levels in regards to celebrating Children's Week? Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that really inspired us as a planning team and, and when we got together with not only our partners at Park and Rec and the Y, but also with U.S. Venture and Theta Care, who are our lead sponsors on this, this event, is that, you know, families are really facing the impacts of, of this pandemic firsthand 
um, the isolation, the, the distance learning, all of these pieces have increased stress, anxiety, and, and, and increased that isolation. Um, and so it's important for us to, to continue. It's as important as ever for us to get out um, and connect with each other, um, but to make sure that we do so in a safe way. And what better way to do that than with Children's Week, which is, again, reimagined and returning July 19th through 25th. Uh, this is the 11th year of this event, Oliver. Why do you think Appleton uh, just is, is so eager to celebrate the kids? I think, you know, kids are our future, but also kids, kids connect us to each other. I think um, it's really a celebration of, of families getting together um, and, and sharing and expressing um, the sort of hope we have for the future. And this year is a great year to focus on hope. Um, and we, we look forward to sharing all of the details of the Children's Week um, activities and, and opportunities for families. Um, as we kind of move through the next few weeks, we'll have another, um, we're hoping to get the details out about the specific events in early July. Um, yeah, so keep your eyes peeled. I know that uh, your Facebook page is a great way to get those updates. You also have an event website, of course, that will have those that information for families. So uh, stay tuned, folks, because Appleton Children's Week is going to be uh, extremely special this year. Just reimagined. I love that term, reimagined, and just a little bit different for families. So thank you, Oliver, for, for sharing more, again, about this event here in Appleton and I, the magic it brings and the Magic it will bring uh, reimagined this year. Is there anything else you can think to add? No, I would just say that that we look forward to all the families participating in Appleton Children's Week, um, and that they should watch our Facebook page, which is just search Children's Week on Facebook or AppletonChildrensWeek.com, um, and that we want to thank again, um, you know, our, our presenting sponsor Theta Care for the Children's Parade of Yards, and then U.S. Venture, which is the title sponsor of Children's Week. All right. Oliver Zorno, the executive director for the Building for Kids, uh, speaking about Appleton Children's Week this week. Oliver, great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for taking a few moments to talk about uh, what will be, I'm sure, a very exciting week one month from today. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Haley. Thank you, Oliver. WHBY, Woodward Radio Group, Jack's Maintenance, and WHBY present the Small Business Sweepstakes. We're offering a $25,000 custom advertising campaign to a very deserving Northeast Wisconsin small business. And Jack's Maintenance is offering a $1,000 cleaning service to the winning business as well. So a bit of a bonus there. You can submit your small business right now over at WHBY.com. We are so proud to help small businesses get back to business along with our friends over at Jack's Maintenance. I'm Haley Tenpass. This is Focus Fox Valley. And as we do every other Monday, we check in with the YMCA of the Fox Cities. And they've been pretty busy over there uh, as they have reopened in some stages and joining to talk more about how things are going, but also to talk about some state guidelines for schools that we received today is Danny Engelbert, the CEO of the YMCA of the Fox Cities. She, and she joins us on our Settlers Bank phone lines today. Hi, Danny. Good afternoon, Haley. Great to be with so, you. 
so great to hear from you once again. Uh, I know that you have been uh, probably very busy over there these past couple of weeks. Give us a quick update on how uh, the reopening has looked like at those five locations in the Fox Cities. Certainly. Um, June 1st, we opened for our membership, um, and we're opening in phases. Um, we're following guidelines from the CDC and WEDC, uh, um, several different groups, and, and also keeping tabs with our local health departments. Um, and so on June 1st, first we started to open, um, and what we've done with our facilities is um, – created some situations where people can physically distance from each other um, as they're um, using different pieces of equipment or being a part of a lap swimming or an exercise class. Um, so space is uh, kind of our friend at this point in time, and we are um, having folks come in and make reservations to come in so that we know that they're coming and that we can make sure to plan for them um, for a safe visit um, so, again, physical distancing and lots of sanitation, asking our members to sanitize their hands when they come in, and then we are uh, constantly uh, in cleaning mode, making sure that everything uh, stays safe and clean for our members. And also during this time in June, we've opened up our day camps. We have kept um, uh, child care open during the pandemic and then switched um, into day camp mode once school was uh, completed for many kids. And uh, what we did is we kept uh, some pretty strict guidelines that we had during the pandemic to keep our kids safe. We keep them in smaller groups. We work on social distancing. And, again, lots of hand washing and sanitation to keep everybody safe. So, so space and distance, um, but yet it's great to see all those smiling faces come back to the Y. We've missed them, and they've missed us. I'm curious. Danny, has uh, maybe the numbers, have they gone up week after week as people maybe get more comfortable uh, with returning to places like the Y? Certainly, yes. We we started out with a very small group of uh, hearty souls that, that came in. I think uh, the very first week when we opened it up to just a select group, we were at about 7% of our membership, which is very, very small. Um, once we opened June 1st to our membership, um, we started to see about 20%, and each, uh, each week it has risen. We're nearing now 40%, darn close to 40%. Um, and, and, but each week we get more comfortable with uh, what we're offering and also uh, what we're able to offer and create situations where people can social, social distance. So when we first opened, we didn't have fitness classes going on. Um, we didn't have some of the things that we've added along the way um, as we've um, been able to kind of work into this new normal and make sure, again, that we keep everybody safe. So every week it has increased and, uh, and we're seeing more faces come back. Yeah, as I, I pass the parking lots each day, it seems like there are more and more cars. <laughs> yep, yep. And, and yeah, so that's great to hear, Danny. I am curious, uh, you know, you mentioned the summer camps, and of course, so many parents uh, are, are probably very thankful that these summer camps are still happening uh, so safely, too, for their children, because childcare during the summertime can often be a little bit tricky for parents of school-age kids who maybe don't have, you know, obviously, those school hours that they're used to year after year. And it also 
brings me to the topic of the wraparound care that the YMCA does provide as well. So we're going to switch gears here a little bit, Danny, uh, mm-hmm. because the Wisconsin's Education Department, as our listeners know, they released some guidances on safely returning to school in the fall. And I'm curious to how the YMCA might be approaching this as well, since a lot of your younger attendees are of that school age and taking part, of course, too, in that wraparound care. Certainly, and we partner very very closely with uh, the seven different school districts in our area to provide that wraparound care, so the before care and after care, care when they're on spring break or Christmas break, and then, of course, break over the summer, which we turn into our day camps. So uh, so we follow very, very closely their schedule. Um, this morning when the document came out from DPI, I um, certainly took a real good look at it um, just to sort of see what what, uh, what we could formulate also, depending on what our school districts decide to do. Um, I, I think many of our districts know they certainly want to open up in person as much as they can, um, but know probably that they're going to have to provide some virtual op- options also. And so I was looking for kind of what those different scenarios were, and the 87-page plan <laughs> certainly gave lots of different guidance on that. Um, it will be interesting to see what our school districts choose to do based on, you know, the size of their school buildings and their schedule during the day. Um, we anticipate um, in working with all those districts that we, we might see very different um, opportunities, you know, as far as wanting to partnership, what, um, how we could serve their students. It, it may be that they have... Uh, different shifts of students. They, they, you know, I think the big thing is they know the, that they may do in-person and virtual, that in-person, what does that look like? I think right now our school districts are, are working through that. And I think what parents and, of course, what we're interested in is what does that schedule look like so that we can best serve them? Is it that they, you know, have some days as full days, some days as half days? Those all create incredible challenges for parents who are working um, and and so what we try to do is fill those gaps and provide that service uh, for working parents. So so we're also very curious on, on what happens with that. Um, the plan also gives a little bit of guidance for out-of-school programming like ours. Um, and, and certainly it comes with a lot of the things that we've already experienced with sanitation and how we use space. Um, and to make sure that everybody stays as safe as possible. But, uh, but again, we're, we're anxiously waiting what our school district plans are so that we can certainly provide those gaps um, of, of time where parents really need to have the kids in something constructive and quality and, and, uh, and care that, uh, that hopefully will help their schedule also. Yeah, a lot of unknowns right now, but yeah. I think uh, this this guideline uh, is a step in the right direction for so many parents who are sitting there going, uh, what is the fall going to look like? And I'm glad you mentioned uh, the out-of-school time programs because uh, page 83 of the document uh <laughs> refers to exactly that, mentioning the YMCA specifically as well. So folks, if you're looking for those guidelines, uh, page 83 of the 87-page document refers specifically to the after-school or before-school programs that the YMCA provides. But it's all about communication, Danny. That's kind of what my takeaway from you is, and that you are, of course, looking to communicate as best as possible uh, with parents once you get information from those school districts. 
Yeah, this uh, pandemic, one of the things that we've learned is, um, which is hard for us sometimes because we you know we're all professionals and we want to provide a really good program and have all the answers for all the parents and all their situations, right? And the pandemic has really taught us that sometimes we don't always know all the answers right away. Um, and um, we have to keep working through those. And the constant communication is what the parents really appreciate is that they understand because they're going through it in their lives and their work and their, um, and, and, and their situations that they don't have the answers either. But as long as you continue to keep working with them, have their best interest as far as trying to care for their children and keep good communication open when you do have to pivot, um, and make some changes, um, they understand it's for the, the health and safety of their children. And of course, uh, kudos to all those parents too who have made so many pivots <laughs> in, <laughs> in 2020. Uh, Danny, great to check in with you, of course, once again and provide a little contest to- context. Excuse me to what I'm sure will be a, a big topic of conversation in the next couple of months leading up to our next school year. So thank you for providing that for us today. And of course, if folks are looking to find out more information on the YMC of the Fox Cities, the best way to reach them is. Um, our website has our most up-to-date information, which is www.ymcafoxcities.org. All right. Danny Engelbert, the COO with the YMCA of the Fox Cities. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us today, Danny. Thank you so much. Thank you, too. Back at 546 on WHBY Real Local Radio, about to tell you something good. This is a Facebook group, folks, that has just exploded online in the past couple of months, and it's doing something very cool, connecting you to area farmers in your own communities to get you that delicious farm-fresh produce and product that you love to get. And here to tell us more about it is Ann Schur with Farm Direct Wisconsin. She joins us on our Settlers Bank phone lines. Hi, Rayanne. Hi. Good to talk to you this evening. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. And I I have to imagine that there's quite a story behind the creation of this page, Rayanne, because uh, you've got almost 50,000 members, and this is not a group that's been around for too long. So tell us the story behind Farm Direct Wisconsin. Back uh, in the end of April, after COVID had been going on for a little while, and there were a lot of stories about farmers who had to cull their herd and dump their milk, and they had nowhere to go with their product. Uh, My husband and I were talking, and I said, we've always wanted to try to buy a side of beef, but never knew how or where to go about doing that. Anytime I'd ever heard of somebody doing it, buying beef directly from a farmer, I'd always say, oh, how did you do that? Well, I don't know. So-and-so went in on it, and I, and I just went in on half with them. And so I thought, well, I'd really like to help some of these farmers out. My husband said, well, what, let's start a fa- why don't you start a Facebook group and just see if anybody answers with ideas of where, where to buy from. So I did. That was on April 23rd. And I figured I'd get a couple hundred people, and somebody would make a couple of recommendations. I'd buy my side of beef, and everything would be good. I had no idea that in just a little over two months, we'd have almost 50,000 people and over 300 vendors or about 300 vendors on the page. 
Since wow. I started the Facebook group and it exploded so much, um, I decided to also start a website and map them all. So most of the vendors that are on the Facebook group, I also have on um, on our website, which has a map with their descriptions, what they sell, and all their information. And it's the same thing, farmdirectwisconsin.com. So you, you can look in either place, the website or the Facebook group, if you don't have Facebook. Right, Anne, this is just incredible. And, and it's it's interesting to learn that it came from uh, just your own personal curiosity. I was going to ask what your connection to the agriculture world is, but you're just uh, uh, someone who is was curious about getting beef for your own freezer. Yep. Closest I come to farming is I have a nephew, and I also have a good friend that are both dairy farmers. Closest I get to, to the farming community at all. So I had no idea you know, how to go about buying anything directly from a farm. So this has been a huge learning curve. The whole Facebook thing, the website thing, all of that is not in my wheelhouse, but I'm learning as I go. And, and I think that uh, we have done a great service for both the customers and the vendors. I would agree with that. I, I became a member myself a, a few weeks ago, and it's been uh, really interesting to see, again, just what's all offered on here. You mentioned beef, of course, but uh, you can find anything from green, fresh greens to sugar snap peas, strawberries, even uh, some, some dairy products, too, which is just fascinating. So in talking with some of these uh, producers, Rayanne, some of these vendors, you mentioned there's probably close to 300 of them. Uh, what have they said about the opportunity to connect with people uh, via the website? They uh, Most everybody has said how it's helped them tremendously, even if it's just up their website um, usage, you know, because you watch how many people visit your website. And I have a ton of farmers who have actually said, you've, you've saved my farm. I didn't know what I was mm-hmm. going to do. Uh, you saved my farm. You saved me from having to... Um, do, you know, call my animals or whatever. The biggest problem now that we have, uh, especially with the beef and the, and the pork and even chicken, is processing. There's not enough processors out there. The farmers have the product, they have the livestock, but there aren't enough people to process them to get them to the consumers. That's the same problem that they're having uh, nationwide with the large processors being shut down. There's no place for all these animals to go. Um, So that's the biggest issue that we have right now. We need kids to think about making uh, or making a career choice as to processing livestock. It's another one of those trades that has kind of fallen off, and we've gotten so far away from our farming background that people don't even think about it. So it's gotten to the point where some farmers or most farmers in Wisconsin are looking to not be able to schedule any new animals into their processor until mid-2021. So that has also caused a little bit of the shortage of the meat, um, even locally and on, and on the site. Some of the farmers have the animals, they just have no way to get them processed. So what a way to connect people, I mean, truly, and now almost 50,000 people involved. Uh, but it's very organized, Rayanne. You have it divided by different, uh, you know, areas of Wisconsin. Is there a particular area that you've seen maybe a lot of activity in that you were surprised about? I really know most, most of the farms um, that are close to the populated areas, Fox Valley, 
Milwaukee, Dane County, you know, Madison area, of course, those farmers um, tend to run out of product before some places in less populated areas. Uh, I was surprised that there were as many farms as close to me as what there are. When I first started this project, I had no clue that I could drive within a half a mile, half an hour in any direction and find a farm that I could buy beef or pork or chicken directly from the farmer. I had no idea. Farmers are are busy. You know, they mm-hmm. they've got their crops that they got to raise. They've got their animals that they're taking care of, and then the ones that sell direct try to market, but when do they have time to do that? So that's why a lot of times people don't know how to buy directly. So when I first started this group, I heard from a lot of people, a lot of farmers, first of all, where was everybody before? And I had put on a post, I was here, I just didn't know how, and I didn't know any better. And I had a lot of people chime back in, exactly, I've just never known how to do it or where to go or what to do. So it's been it's been great educational uh, tool for both farmers as far as what customers um, think and how they purchase and what they're looking for. And on the same side, the, the customers understanding how the farm works and how it is that you buy and how it is that things get processed. So it's been a great learning tool for, for me as well. Well, I am just, I, I just love this idea, Rayanne. And in just scrolling through the page, you are finding we are so uh, f- fruitful here in Northeast Wisconsin, specifically, but across the state, just the variety of vendors and things they are offering. Uh, it's re- truly incredible. And again, connecting you to those farmers who really need our support right now. And this is one way to do it. So I, I do encourage folks to visit uh, the website if they do not have Facebook and just see what's available in your own backyard, uh, especially since some farmers markets are a little bit different this summer too. So. This just opening more opportunity for you to connect with those local farms in your own backyard. You might be surprised, like you just mentioned, Rayanne, to find out just how close something like this is to your own home. So I'm so happy that you decided to create this page. Ann, and uh, for for those who maybe have questions for you or uh, want to be part of this movement, I, I would say fifty thousand strong almost. That's quite a movement. Uh, how can they find out more information and potentially get connected to the page? If you just go to Farm Direct Wisconsin and ask to join, I do have to approve you, but I'm pretty much approving most people anyway. I just want to be able to monitor. Um, We have, when you get to the page, there are nine separate sections for Wisconsin. We also do have in the topics areas where you go for each spot in Wisconsin. We do have a tab for farmers markets and also one for venison and bison. So there's a couple different opportunities there. But if you just go to the page and ask to join, uh, we'll get you signed up so you can get in and take a look. The easiest way to get a hold of me is is to do instant message through Facebook Messenger. Uh, you can also email me at farmdirectwisconsin at gmail.com. Or if you go to the web- website, farmdirectwisconsin.com, you can um, message me through there as well. But I don't always have my computer, but I do have my phone for Messenger, so I can get back to you pretty quickly. 
Well, Rayanne, thank you for your idea to start this. And I'm sure it's something that's taken up a lot of your time as well. So I, I hope you know that your efforts are also appreciated in, in organizing uh, this fun bunch. But uh, thanks for starting the group and for getting the word out that we need to support our, our farmers here in Wisconsin. And best of luck moving forward with, again, uh, connecting us to area producers. So thank you, Rayanne. Thanks for spreading the word. All right. And again, it's on Facebook. It's Farm Direct Wisconsin, or you can also visit their website. We will have a link posted over at, at whby.com. And joining us today was Ray Ansher, the organizer of Farm Direct Wisconsin, joining us today on the show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.